As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. This podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming to Civilized Barking uh, post-game edition in the stadium about an hour, hour and a half after kickoff. As usual, Zach Jackson. I'm joined by Jason Lloyd. Uh, I'm sitting right about the 50-yard line looking down. The stadium was empty midway through the fourth quarter. Um uh, Jason, I know I interrupted you. You were Googling top quarterbacks NFL 2022 draft, but I said, let's go ahead and do the podcast. So <laughs> put it on me, Zach. That's cool. <laughs> no, listen, um, you know, there's losing, which happens to everybody, right? There's the fact that any game still really in, in before the clocks change can does not necessarily doom you, but you come home. You're favored against this team. You're starting a three-game homestand, right? You got a chance to, to build some momentum and come out and erase last week. And not only do you get flatlined, but you come out with major injury issues. Um, and you have a game in five days, which takes your already pretty lengthy injury list and makes it even more concerning on multiple fronts. The quarterback trying to play through a partially torn labrum and his non-throwing shoulder ends up laid out. Kareem Hunt. We don't know the seriousness. We know he's super tough. And the fact that he got carted off and was crying tells you that Kareem Hunt's really hurt, right? That guy is a freaking warrior, and he's an excellent player, and he's an important player to this team. Um, Jeremiah Wusukoromo, the outstanding rookie linebacker, also headed for the MRI after apparently injuring his ankle and probably leaving one out. Um, Jason, on a scale of bad to worse, who, buddy, this was about – this was the, the worst day – for the Browns in a long, long time. I don't think that's one ounce hyperbole. All right. So good podcast. And we'll see you in 2022. <laughs> no, um, it kind of yeah, feels I like mean, that. It, today feels like that. <laughs> and I, I laid out why it's not. And you play again in five days, right? And there's 11 four. games left. Four, five. I, I'm a public school kid. Never been good at math. <laughs> but it, it does feel like that everything from – the inconsistencies to the inability to cover a freaking receiver to 
the mounting injury list and just the overall deflation tells you that you're not good enough. And in, in today's performance, obviously indicated you're not close to good enough. But man, it, it feels like things are a lot worse than three and three. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Stefanski said it. We're an average football team. We're three and three. We're an average football team. And and boy, he's absolutely right. When when you look at the body of work through through six games, you know, I you're right. This is. I mean, they got their ass beat. They just flat out got their ass beat today on both sides of the ball. It felt to me like the worst game, the, the biggest beatdown since Baltimore in the opener last year. You quickly corrected me and said it was at Pittsburgh last year because you know every stabbing that's ever occurred at Heinz Field between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. But there's, I st- it doesn't, it doesn't feel to me like all is lost. It, and and I, I still think there's still plenty of time for them to gather the troops. I think Thursday could be really ugly. You know, let's wait and see on Kareem the extent of it. Let's wait and see on Baker and the extent of it. Uh, but yeah, you leave here doom and gloom today, and and I get it. I I understand why. And you know, Zach, you pointed this out over the summer. The bye week doesn't come until December, and that's been stuck in the back of my head all year long, waiting for something like this. The NFL is a war of attrition. We all know that. Injuries are part of the game. We all know that, and they have just come in waves right now. Uh, And, you know, right now, last week it was the defense that got ravaged, and that was part of the reason why I didn't really go in on them in the secondary because – you know, they gave up 26 points to the Chargers in the fourth quarter because they were playing with you and me in, in, in the secondary, basically. And and this week, they were a little bit healthier, and they needed to count on the defense to carry them a little bit, and it didn't happen. Obviously, the defense let them down. The offense came in banged up already with missing both tackles and missing Nick Chubb. And then when you add Baker and Kareem Hunt, and, and you know, Odell leaves for a little bit with the shoulder. Jarvis wasn't able to go. It's pretty much a worst-case scenario, and, and I don't know that it could get and knock on wood, I don't know that it could get any worse for the Browns, particularly offensively, than than where they're at right now. And it, it, I mean, it could get worse before it gets better because of the injury situation. And if these guys can't play today, what are the odds that they can turn around and play on Thursday? I'm talking about the tackles and, and Nick and then Kareem. So Thursday, I mean, the Broncos are not – they don't strike a lot of fear into a lot of people. Uh, but it's an NFL game and it's four days away. So I think it, it could stay turbulent for a little while, but I still think there's plenty of time for them to pull out of this. But I agree with you. You leave here today feeling more deflated and more down than at any point since Frederick Charles Kitchens, to steal your line, was roaming the sideline in Cleveland. <laughs> Charles Frederick. Um. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it felt like that game today. Uh, it felt like 2019 today. It, it really did. You know what? I was looking at penalties, Zach, because they yeah. look so indiscipl- – and we get into the penalties, and I know fans are going to bitch about the penalties, but there was some uncharacteristic, undisciplined defensive penalties, and I thought, I haven't seen him play like this defensively since Freddie, since the Freddie year, in, in terms of just stupid penalties and and calls that, that should not have been. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether you're pretty good or pretty bad – or really good, like injuries are the number one thing that can sink an NFL season in a hurry, right? Just take it right off the rails and, and down to the bottom of that big-ass lake out there. Um, but putting those aside, you know, you, there's not a lot to like about what the Browns did. And when they settled in today, obviously the number one highlight would be the Hail Mary and just the emergence of Donovan Peoples-Jones in, in general. Because <laughs> the I've number been, one highlight was a Hail Mary. Yeah. Well, I've been telling you this kid's incredibly talented and he's going to be here for a long time and he's only going to get better considering his circumstances where his his college career was basically a wash and he came in cold with no training camp and all of this stuff and made plays last year for a team that made the playoffs. 
right? Um, but you finally got something going in the run game, and that Korean's out. Um, you want to have this aggressive mindset. You applaud the coach's aggressive mindset. But they're not blocking any – they're barely blocking anybody on first and third down, and they're certainly not blocking anybody on fourth down. And you hear Stefanski say, well, we were empty shotgun early because we were matching their personnel. They were going to go big and just dare us. Well, it worked, right? Like they, they were they, – they said to the Browns, bring, bring the fight to us. And, you know, multiple times nobody blocked 44 Marcus Golden off the edge. Um, on that fourth down in particular, I watched it a couple of times. And when they didn't get the ball out quickly, probably because it was covered, they just blitzed too many guys than the Browns could block, even even when the first guys made their block. And I know the guard made his block, and I know Kareem got the first um, you know, open blitzer running free. So it's, it's alarming. Um, Kyler Murray is phenomenal. Arizona's really good. What happens with them in the Super Bowl and stuff, I don't know. I would tell you this, pass interference or not pass interference, Christian Kirk drops the ball or Christian Kirk doesn't. Consistently, guys, these other quarterbacks are throwing balls much more catchable and much more accurate than the Browns quarterback is. We see it with our own eyes every single week, and we haven't even talked about the pass defense. Third and 19 at the 21-yard line because the Cardinals botched a snap. Playing without their head coach, playing without their starting center, that's going to happen. Third and 19, wide open corner of the end zone. First four third downs, all conversions, two of them touchdown passes to wide open guys. So communication issues, they happen, right? Um, And when you look at this defense and all the money and resources that they spent to make it better, you could say, hey, it's going to need a few games. Well, now it's week six, and for the second straight week, they got beat by phenomenally talented quarterbacks and phenomenally talented offenses, but they just gave them too many, Jason. If you give any, even a bad offense in this league, if you give more than one or two, you're going to pay for it. And they're losing guys on third down in the red zone, and it's going for touchdowns consistently. And you hear them say, well, we just have to get communication down. Well, <laughs> when the hell are you going to get it down? Yeah, yeah. Again, I I give him a pass for last week because all the injuries crept up in the middle of the game. There's no excuse for this week. Third and thirteen, you give up a touchdown. Third and nineteen, you give up a touchdown. They converted third and six, third and seven, third and nine. You know, these are you got to get off the field. You're not going to win the games. You can't get off the field. And the Browns are just getting gashed on on chunk plays defensively. And you know, we kind of talked about it. Headed back up to the press box after interviews. The the Browns cannot get chunk plays offensively, and they're giving up far too many defensively. And that's a bad combination. And, and I, I want to go back to what you said about, you know, how many times do you hear teams say, we don't care what the opposing team does. We want, we're going to impose our will on them. We're going to do what we do. And it feels like the Browns got away from that at the beginning of the game, because you mentioned it. And, and listen, I am, I am fully on board Kevin Stefanski still. And I, I think he's, he's had some problems here the last few weeks with play calling and, clock management, whatever else. Going all the way back to Minnesota is, I think, the first time when you and I said, well, that looks odd. But but it just felt like Kareem Hunt is your – without Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt is your probably your best, most consistent offensive player. And you spread him out in, in the, the first drive, and, and Kareem Hunt wasn't even a factor for the first couple of drives because and, – and, and you mentioned Kevin's explanation that Arizona was big up front and they wanted to spread him out. 
and it didn't work. Like you said, Arizona challenged them, and Arizona won. But it feels – I mean, okay, the Browns don't have their tackles, but you still got two kick-ass guards and a pretty good center. And you've got a fantastic running back in Kareem Hunt. So why aren't you coming out and running the ball? And it just felt to me like you'd set the, set the bad tone early on, and it went downhill from there. And Baker was not very good. Baker was under fire all day long. He was terrible long before he re-injured his shoulder. I will never question his toughness. I can't believe he came back in that game. Uh, I, I thought for sure when he was laying on the field kicking his legs that that was it. And for him to come back out, I've been hard on him at times this year. All credit to him for his toughness and being able to grit it out and trying to come back in and help his team. And I noticed when he was snapping up his helmet, uh, when he came back on that drive, he used his right hand to snap both sides of his helmet and thought, okay, well, clearly the left shoulder is going to be you know, pretty much in, um, immobile for the rest of this game. Um, but, but he wasn't very good long before the shoulder injury. He didn't have a whole lot of protection at times. He had a lot of guys in his face, but just, uh, just, an, just an ass beating on both sides of the ball. Totally, totally was, um, and, and disappointing. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, as far as Stefanski, right? So I'm glad you pointed out that that quick conversation. And it was week six last year. The Browns had won four straight, and then the reality check came and slapped them in the face, right? And they got beat so badly in Pittsburgh. Not me, not you, and only the most optimistic of you thought there was any chance they were going to make something out of that season at that point, right? And so there was a lot of season left, and there's even one more game this year. Um, What changed, you know, by four, six weeks after that? The Browns were much more confident offensively. They were the aggression had shown up in early play calls and beautiful early scripts, and that led to the fourth down stuff and and the game management that was always seemed to be sharp. The discipline was amazing. Consistently, the Browns were having two penalty games, three penalty games. You know, keeping people guessing and letting the other team be the one that melted down. Well, here, it, you know, sixty-eight penalty yards in the in the first half, and I, I we watched both. Both pass interference calls, we watched them, what, three times on the replay? They're close. And by rule, they're pass interference. Do those always get called? No. Do you have to let the guys play? Especially when Denzel Ward makes a full play on the ball, which he did on at least one of those, and you could argue too. Yes. As for the roughing the passer and stuff, guys know. Guys know. Get near quarterback's head, it's getting flagged. Right? They, they, they know. And I know these guys are extremely big and fast. You can't do that. I just feel like with the fourth down, and it's the same thing. Every fourth down they fail now for the last three games, they're getting blitzed into the point that the play doesn't have a chance. Right, Jason? Um, some There's a flaw in the system. The system that was producing incredible scripts, near-flawless game plans, 
and an offense that could go right when everybody thought they would go left or go over the top when everybody thought they were running down the middle um, has played on its heels the entire day today, has played on its heels for much of the season, quite frankly, um, and now running out of guys. I, I mean, Kareem Hunt, and I don't want to write his football eulogy, right? I, I don't know what that what that is. Maybe it's a six-week injury. Um Kareem Hunt made this Browns offense different. Caught passes, blocked his ass off, ran for extra yards, finished through people, ran around people, right? Lined up all over the place. I mean, you're looking at a situation, you're already scrambling in a short week, and and Denver's already a completely different style of team than you've played the last couple weeks. But, I mean, you're just really scrambling to even have healthy bodies and put a shell of a game plan together now because – Outside of DPJ, as I mentioned, what's really worked? I mean, I, it was great to see Odell involved today. Um, and Odell needs to be involved, and I think today Odell showed he can be an impact player. He drops that pass at the end, Jason. He he still is not playing complete games for this team, and everything still seems forced. It's it's not top ten reasons they lost today. I'm just saying I, I'm, I'm, I'm racking my brain trying to say something nice about this offense or some – positive thing that, that who whoever's playing quarterback on Thursday that they can get it rolling and score the 21 or 24 you need to comfortably hold off the Broncos and I'm not sure it's going to happen no Odell this two weeks in a row he drops a fourth down catch now last week's was even more offensive than today last week hit him right in the hands got to make that catch today a little bit more difficult but he, he's got to make that catch on that fourth down I kind of checked off on Odell quite a while ago. His numbers today looked okay. Five catch was well, five catches, seventy nine yards. Uh, but you know, whatever. I, I've thought for a while Odell is much bigger in name than he is in production, and that's just the reality of where his career is at right now. Uh, you know, I will say, sitting here as we're talking about what, what Thursday is going to look like. You know, Demetric Felton very easily could be your starting tailback, and Deontay Johnson the backup. And and I'll tell you, I think. I think it's pretty safe to say Jarvis Landry is going to do everything in his power to come back and play Thursday night. Yeah. You know, hopefully, right. Hopefully that's one thing they can count on. Yeah. There's a humongous helicopter going over top of me right here. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. And you would think it, it, they didn't scramble <clears throat> to get an emergency tackle until Saturday this week. Right. I took that as a good sign um, that at least one of those guys was close. Right. Hanson Hudson have, have both played. Hans obviously made his first NFL start and played the whole game last week, but they didn't do so. That told me at least Wills or Conklin was close, and that maybe the decision was, "Hey, you know, we have another game in five days, right? We, we'll do this here." So, so maybe that can be a positive. Um, the ball goes up, but you don't know where it's going. The tight ends don't catch it, <laughs> right? Um, when it's thrown to them. Um, you know, I, I, I just I just thought everything about the performance today outside of the one drive where Kareem got rolling and then obviously a few plays by Donovan Peoples Jones. I thought I thought everything about the offense was awful. And I just can't say enough about the defense guys being out of position. And Kyler Murray is great. Great, 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 and stresses you like few other guys do. Well, let me tell you something, guys. The division runs through Lamar Jackson, who's just like Kyler Murray stresses you in eight different ways the way other teams do. And we leave here tonight. The Browns are three and three and a lot of questions and lingering injury issues. 
But man, it just feels like they've disappointed to the point that they're steps behind these other teams, right? And you're looking at a season with so much expectation and you're wondering like why can't we cover a receiver with all these guys on defense that have played here before? And when they need to get in a shootout and beat one of these teams, what gives us hope other than Jarvis returning and the ability to catch 11 passes if he needs to? I mean, I, I just I feel like we I said it after this very podcast last week and two hours after the game. This is the first bit of adversity for this team in terms of expectations and reality crashing. Some guys not playing up to their potentials. The coach, you know, not being a step ahead of everyone all the time. And, man, today, like, I'm not surprised that the Cardinals won the game. I didn't know what to think about the game. Um, it was a strange one. Everybody, the Cardinals coach isn't even here. Both teams missing key players, right? But, like, to get just completely overwhelmed like they did, um, the season is not over. But I feel like it's damn close. And I don't, I, again, I don't feel like that's that's speaking out of school at all. I want to get to the, the drive at the end of the half that ended in the Hail Mary, but one thing I want to mention, I asked you this before the game. When you look at the way, <clears throat> excuse me, when you look at the way that the, the Ravens just absolutely mauled the Chargers today, and then you see the performance, the, the terrible performance that the Browns put out, I'm not blaming this loss on last week, but I'm wondering, is there such a thing as a game, can, can a game linger this long and can last last week's game was unbelievable like for just an average football fan to watch that game that was a fantastic game and I have to believe it took a lot out of both of those teams it was a grueling game it was an exhausting game it was a physical game and and then to see them play so well last week both of those teams and to give everything they had last week and then to see both of them get absolutely handled so easily this week I just wonder if that has anything at all to do with it uh, you know, obviously the Chargers are coming across the country and, and playing an early game for them. But it, it's just, I don't know, it's just one of those things that we'll probably never have an answer to. But it's just one of those things that was stuck in the back of my head even before kickoff today. And then certainly watching how flat the Browns were coming out. If if so much got taken out of them last week that it would have any sort of impact at all this week. You know, I do think hangovers are real in sports. Um, but I, I do think – as much as coaches downplay it, right? Some games are more impactful than others in the standings on your team's psyche and your team's growth and how you respond physically. Um, you know, physically the Browns are beat up. They're spent. I, I don't know that it applies to the Chargers. I mean, the, the Ravens played Monday night and were down 20-some points and came back and won at overtime, right? Like, I don't stay up past 945 unless I have to. I stayed up to watch that, right? The Chargers were coming. So – I guess I would say, Jason, everyone has bad days and everyone's entitled to them, right? And if you really think and look, three and three at this point of the year, considering who the Browns played and all of that, is probably only one off most even optimistic projections, right? Super optimistic people thought they could win in Kansas City. They came close, right? Um, It's just, like I said, what – what made the Browns so good last year? The discipline, the preparation, the versatility in, in how they won, and then you saw the talent win out, right? Like the defense stunk last year, but they got the lead, and the offense kept the ball, and Miles took the ball away one time, and that was enough to win, right? And I just 
I think for five straight quarters, they've been completely pantsed by really good teams. And they're three and three, and they lost the top five player on the team in Kareem Hunt. They already played without one of the top ten football players on the planet in Nick Chubb. And I think you take all of this, and it's never one thing, but all of the fourth down decisions and all of the first quarter struggles, they've scored 18 points in the first quarter all year long, right? And it's clear that they're trending not in a positive direction. So that being said, I still think Kevin Stefanski is a good coach. I think the Browns are more talented than the Broncos. With a little bit of health and a big win one for the Gipper shit on Thursday, they could win. They could be four and three. They could get a couple pool days, which they really need, right? And, and then play your first division game, which is always really when the season was going to start. I, and I truly believe everything I just said there. I just am telling you, I watched the other teams complete passes with much more ease and confidence and assuredness. And I watched the Browns secondary consistently get smoked. Consistently. That's the problem. Everybody gives up touchdown passes in the National Football League. You cannot lose Mike Williams in the secondary. And then on third and 19, you cannot have a guy five yards open in the end zone. And twice you cannot have DeAndre Hopkins. You know what DeAndre Hopkins has done in the NFL for like eight years? Catch 120 passes a year. And he catches them with three guys on him. And he climbs up and makes one-hand catches, climbing over guys' shoulders and necks and falling down. Well, when you don't cover him, he's going to catch it every time. (laughs) Um, The only... Donovan Peoples-Jones played well today. The punter finally looked like an NFL punter. Odell gave you three plays. And you did see on the one in particular down the sideline in front of us, Jason, the get-up, right? The, the Odell catches it, squares your shoulders with confidence, knows he's got that extra gear, knows he can make something happen. It energizes the offense, the crowd. They're, they're sprinting up to the line. The crowd's back into it. It feels great. But, man, you just this was a show-me game. And he showed me a couple of good plays, and that's it. And, again, the, the whole state of the passing game, from injury and availability of your number one receiver and your number one quarterback to the lack of rhythm and confidence in any type of downfield threat, and now he's injured worse than he's been? I mean, you can't feel good about it at all, and we know the implications that this has on the future of the franchise, not just one game where you obviously got beat today and it happens to everybody. Yeah, and I want to touch, like I said, I want to go back to the, the drive before the half, the Hail Mary. Hey, it worked fine, great. But if you're banking on a Hail Mary to save you, you're going to be disappointed nine times out of ten. And again, watch this offense get possession with 43 seconds left and take 40 seconds just to get in position. And really, they they, they still weren't even at midfield. Where were they? Like the, the 40? Uh, when, when they when they heaved the mid... What, this offense... It, it takes 40 seconds to go 15 yards. That's unacceptable in today's NFL. I had the tweet all set out, and then I deleted it. Thank God I didn't send it before they actually completed the Hail Mary. But the last 43 seconds of this half looked a hell of a lot like the final minute and a half of, of last week. They did. And just just an offense that just dinks and dunks and dinks. There is no chunk plays in this in this offense, and I don't understand Eighty has a lot to do with that. No Jarvis Landry, I'm sure, has a big impact on that. But I just don't understand how in today's NFL, when top offenses and top quarterbacks can get their team in field goal range in two plays in 15 seconds, it takes the Browns 40 seconds just to go 15 and 20 yards. Yeah. Um, 
you know, here, go back to last last year exactly, week six, right? As I mentioned before, and, and it did get better from there. But the defense, I mean, millions of dollars and nine new players were brought in to fix, right? And offensively, it was understandable last year. This year, you're supposed to be way past to dip your toe or have to go with a Band-Aid stage, right? Way past. Everything's in. Everything's in. Full offseason. All this experience now, right? All these weapons. And, and, and I, I again, you're clearly handicapped at the tackle thing. And you didn't have Nick Chubb. <laughs> but the realities are you're, the, off, the past game has very little pop and scares almost no one. And that's why the Cardinals play. Now, now the Cardinals do this. They went and drafted Zayvon Collins, like an old-school 240-pound middle linebacker. A lot of defenses don't want that guy anymore, and that's fine. Right? They have Isaiah Simmons. Is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? Well, they play him like four yards off the ball and then make you decide that. Right, But like it, it's almost like the Cardinals said, we're here to bully you. And the Browns, both in scheme and in action, said, okay. Right? And they did. Yep. Yeah. Without their best defensive player in Chandler Jones. Yeah. So, so listen, guys, um, as, the, as the week goes about, uh, you know, a lesson is they deal with injuries. A Wednesday injury report never means anything, especially as the season goes along and you've got a good team, you've got an experienced team, you sit, guys. You know, obviously the Browns did a great job of keeping the severity of Nick Chubb's thing. It didn't come out anywhere until Thursday night, but usually a Wednesday injury report doesn't mean anything. So tomorrow on Monday, there will be a Wednesday injury report. There won't be an actual practice. It will be an estimation. So, um, you know, maybe Stefanski will give specific updates on on Baker, on JOK, uh, on, on the chances Chubb or Conklin or one of those guys gets back. You know, I, I don't know. Um, but then Tuesday and Wednesday, even though the Browns won't have full days or full practices, there will be what's normally the Thursday and Friday injury report. And so Wednesday afternoon-ish as they kind of wrap the short work week, you'll have an idea. And f- for strategic reasons, they're going to give as little possible info on on that. And we get that. Um, I'm just saying that that's going to be the layout of the week. I think part of the reason Jarvis practiced last Friday, and obviously there's nothing in this team's DNA that said they would ever rush a guy uh, back or put him in before he's ready for a full load, right? But I think it was we want to see him go through a practice and we want him to know how his body reacts after a practice because this week you don't get a real practice. You get on the field and you'll practice, but it'll be nothing like, like it, you, you cram – Four and a half days into like a day and a half, and guys. Yeah, are, Kevin basically explained it as all walkthroughs. Yes, yes, and guys are just are physically beat up anyway, so everything you do is is lighter and walking through. So this is where organizational depth, you know, is tested. They've invested in the run game. Uh, they kept multiple running backs on the practice squad. They dra- they drafted Demetric Felton. They already had to call all up the fullback Johnny Stanton. Um, you know, and I think they did a good job of reinvesting in a strength at the offensive line, too. It's just when you're missing both tackles at once, right, it, it, it hurts. So if you're out there, you hope you get those guys back, and, and you hope that, that playing Teddy Bridgewater will allow the defense a chance to get on the same page because the, these breakdowns are just awful. And they, they probably sunk the Browns more than anything, right? And, and then – the injuries were just the icing on the really shitty cake. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else I could add to that. I think yeah. you summed it up really well. Uh, worst loss in quite a while. And it the, the, the immediate 
short-term outlook looks pretty bleak. Great. So, so have a good day. So um, <laughs> ba- based upon the short week, we are not necessarily planning to have a, a midweek podcast. It's just it's it's crazy with the availabilities and getting ready for the game. Obviously, if there is significant injury news or a significant roster decision is made, that could change. We truly appreciate you guys listening, reading, following along, all of that. Um, Subscribe to The Athletic if you haven't already. So we will definitely be back um, in your podcast box on Friday morning um, after a super late game, and we'll see that happens. Might might it be before? I don't know. But we'll have everything covered from you know Stefanski addressing the injuries to the Browns going through the abbreviated week and getting you ready for, for a game. And um, crossroads, Jason, I mean, it's the ultimate cliche, team at a crossroads, but I, I think it's fair. Yeah, I mean, Baker said they got their backs up against the wall and they'll see how they respond if we're going to go down the cliche road. And he said he's confident that they'll respond well. And and we'll see. We'll see because I I think the players feel it too. Like this absolutely, you talked about last week was their first real bout of adversity. Well, now it's on full throttle now. And, And we'll see what they're made of. Yep. All right. For Jason, I'm Zach. Thank you guys for listening. Talk to you Thursday or maybe before.